Today, everyone, we have another great guest. His name is uh, Glenn uh, Kirkpatrick, and um, he is a uh, cancer survivor, and he's going to tell us about that and uh, what God has done in his life. And uh, he has a book about that with him and his wife. They wrote a book out together, and let's welcome uh, Glenn right now. Glenn, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining. your precious time today and um we just uh just tell us all about your your testimony and um also glenn is a a former police officer and we thank you for your service for that glenn and um just thank go for there my friend and he's he's from beautiful uh san diego uh <laughs> california welcome sir thank you thanks for the opportunity good to meet you through the computer here absolutely Well, uh, perhaps uh, have an outline in that I can elaborate. Um, so prior to becoming a Christian, and I can break that down, uh, my wife and I and our two-year-old son, our oldest son, lived in uh, L.A. County in Torrance. I was serving as a police officer. My wife continued in her um, anim- as an animal health care professional. And one day I noticed a lump right here at the base of my, okay, the base of my neck on the right side, concerning, led to doctor appointments, laboratory tests, biopsy, scans, imaging. And I was, I was then diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And that news just smacked us. Um, as it would with anyone. Fear crept in, uncertainty. A lot of, a lot of it, you're numb. So some of the identified the feelings really came later. I then underwent, which was typical back in 1987, that's when this was, to have a Stanford staging laparotomy with the goal of staging the cancer, you know, like one through four. The trade-off, though, was when they cut you, your sternum and down to your belly button open and investigate the thyroid, sorry, the lymph nodes, uh, they take out your spleen to look at and see if um, the cancer had impacted that organ. Uh, It hadn't, good news. But then you don't have a spleen that you don't put it back in. Now we try to use humor, but so it was very comprehensive. It was what was done then in the 80s and prior. Uh, I had my time in the hospital to recover, then released. A few weeks later, started radiation. Um, I subsequently had 50 radiation treatments over many months. I could calmly describe now a process, but at the time we, I mean, we were scared. I, was I going to pass and then my wife, Debbie, would not have her husband. Our oldest son, just a little, little guy, Russell, was he going to lose his father? So. Um, Can't imagine, we, Glenn. Can't imagine that. Yeah. Thank you. So move, move forward. I did 
I did have the prescribed uh, treatments. I got sick and it was very challenging. You get sunburn, nausea, whatnot. I did finish the treatments and that resulted in remission. So flip the coin over, Debbie and I, remission of the cancer, we're celebrating. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> mm -hmm. we went to, uh, which wouldn't have been normal for us. We saw Bruce Springsteen live. We saw nice. U2, a favorite band outdoors at the LA Coliseum. I mean, these were, you know, homesick, walking around wondering, was it going to live? And now what are we doing? We're out celebrating. Really, the next year, we went to Cancun, Mexico, Debbie and I. So that was great to celebrate the remission. Returned back home. Uh, we each returned to work, and I returned to full service. I gained my energy, my just positive outlook, and I returned to police work. I found that I was restless, a restless that I would later figure out that, you know, I guess any type of trauma, traumatic event, well, it affects a person and it can change them. And with me, I was like, okay, I'm at work and I'm doing all that I used to, and that's fulfilling. Amazing wife, Debbie and son, Russell. Uh, what I'd just been through, I was at home a lot. And when I was home during post-surgery and during radiation, um, you know, I was sick. I was reflecting perhaps a, a level of depression. I wasn't diagnosed with it then, though. And it was just very restless, and I wanted out. I, I, Deb and I talked about, let's move. In other words, let's, let's sell the house and... <laughs> and move, and I kept thinking of open space. What could we afford, like some land? Orange County is a county next to LA County. Uh, maybe some of the lots were larger, but couldn't afford that. Mm -hmm. We uh, subsequently moved to San Diego, and we moved to San Diego. Why? My dad's wife at the time, a realtor, knew of a, like a bank-owned or foreclosure property. You know, we enjoyed the drive with her and my um, dad down to San Diego. And it was a four-acre horse ranch that was, it was beat down in many ways, but with a home on it. Hmm. Explaining how, where my head was prior, again, the, the, uh, the other side to that is when I saw that property and I walked the property line, it was four acres. Mm -hmm. uh, Trees, groves, a little waterfall in the back. I sat on the stairs, kind of overlooking or not noticing all the things the house needed to be fixed up. I said, Debbie, I just want to move. We just got to go here and start over. And through more conversations, she agreed, and we bought that home. And we had a new beginning. I transferred to the police department. We had our second son, Trevor, was born. Amazing. Wasn't sure we could get pregnant again. I'm going to figure out where to pause here in a minute. So I will oh, I'll lead into this. So I'm working. I'm working overtime. I'm learning a new, um, not a new profession, but at a new department, 
with different guidelines, different geography, higher mm-hmm. crime, so stress. On my days off, I would ride my bicycle, my road bicycle, like I did in LA. And what I noticed is I grew more and more fatigued in that I would go slower at fewer miles. I couldn't, I didn't have the same capacity. What that triggered in me is the cancer's back. I was feeling that way before with the first cancer, the fatigue. Of course, you don't want to believe it, but yeah. tack it head on, went to the oncologist. Yeah. The oncologist did the tests, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. It reoccurred. We were devastated, of course, and set back. Chemo was prescribed, and I underwent the chemo. Um, while undergoing the chemotherapy, uh, deep, dark depression set in. I was diagnosed with major depression. It was a very challenging time for Debbie uh, and for me, but I'd say more for Debbie in ways that she had no control of anything, and I wouldn't blame her. I wouldn't understand why is all this happening. Mm-hmm. I guess I was kind of out of it in a state of depression, and I just complied with the chemo. I just, okay, I had it done to me. I wasn't leading my care. So during that very difficult time, suicidal thoughts crept in, and they were daily and constant. I never had that before in my life. So I'm experiencing those. Thanks be to God, I didn't follow or believe him at the time. He was still working because I was fairly open with Debbie or I would share. Maybe because I was clueless, but the open communication let her know, like the suicide thoughts, that I was in deep trouble. She was in deep trouble. And she's like, help, you know. She had recently um, been been baptized as a Christian. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. She's still faithful. Started to develop friendships. And many of these friendships not only looked after her and her heart and her faith, had some background in medicine. So after... So I'm in that state. Debbie gets input in the church, but also physician, psychiatrists. And the suggestion, recommendation, however you want to put it, was as the depression was uh, resistant to depressants, was electroconvulsive therapy, ECT. Bewildering for Deb to think about. She was thinking, she'd later tell me, Hadn't you been through so much? Hadn't you already been? Your body can't take any more. Yeah. But of course, we get to have all those feelings, time, passes, prayer. She reasons. Uh, I complied again. I went into the hospital, and I had the um, ECT several several weeks, and it completely lifted the depression. I mean, from darkness to light, but in a physical way. Um, so I can move through this part quickly. Started to be myself, started to lead games. I was very social at the hospital, where before, just a blob, I'm sure. I initiate calls with friends on the phone, and there I am in the mm-hmm. hospital, just having been shocked, you know. Right. Called Debbie. She visited with the boys, and then it, our two sons. It came to be where I was eligible to re- be released. I was released again. In remission from cancer, 
depression completely lifted, a new beginning. I, I finished studying the Bible for a Bible series where I could learn who God is, his heart and character, you know, lordship, what it is to respond to Jesus who gave his life for me, for mankind. And I was baptized. So I came to Christ, and Debbie and I were now, I thought we were united before, you know, we'd been married quite a while, united in Christ, and had a new spiritual and beginning with our life. So that's a lot right there, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, wow, that's uh, that's a lot to go through, well. So you wind up through this experience being saved, you and your wife, or, you, or yes. is, is, that, is that how it went? Wow. Yeah. And, and Debbie what? first, I joked mm-hmm. that she was smarter. And, well, she was healthy <laughs> and troubled because of all this trouble. Mm-hmm. She had her wits about her. She was willing. She was able to learn. Yeah, I needed more time. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's the good that came out of that for sure. Yes. So, so, okay. So you you got saved, and what did you see the Lord do in your life after that? What, what, what of all the things that you've been through before, I'm sure you saw a little different having the Lord in your life, right? Than without Him. Can you can you share any of those experiences? I have so many, but initially, sure. Initially, and even before I was baptized, it was that sisters in the church. You know, a couple of weeks prior, I'd never even met, who were looking after Debbie. They came and cleaned the house. They came and brought food, watched the kids. And I saw, I, I knew that, but they also saw it. I still wasn't well. I'd be on the back porch kind of looking at a book, and there they'd be serving us. So mm-hmm. I saw what I'd come to understand was service, love, unconditional love. Uh, brothers I would get to know, again, give me their time. Um, so you saw through people the love of God. That's that's the way to yeah. say it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That that grew as then I became part of a small group that was we all fellowshiped in a bigger congregation. I'd never been in a group like that, so I saw, yeah, what that was. God's love through a small group, mm-hmm. and then you know over time or many years, Deb and I would learn to we begin to. Be that for others and lead lead small groups. So yes, um, God's love through others. A lot of strong, impressed by a lot of the strong character and mm-hmm. um, of the brothers and the truth, the vulnerability. I'm sure this was like over time, right? It would soak oh, in. Oh sure, but, sure. Because uh, not only the new kid on the block, I had just been through what I explained. So I didn't yeah. march in all, I'm going to make this better. You guys follow me. It, it was right. Right. Carry still, me. I mean, show it me. Still, it was still uh takes time and yeah. step by step, baby steps kind of thing, huh? Yeah. Wow. Did so, you, um, did you find, um, out, um, that you can relate to other people that God leads you to help others that are in the same situation as you? Um, that you could reach out to them, any anything like that? Sure. Over the 
over the course of my lifetime. And um, oh, I could explain the same time frame. So about a year and a half after gained remission from the second bout of Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the, I'm sorry, the leukemia was completely leukemia. The depression was completely lifted. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with uh, chronic lymphocyte leukemia. Fatigue came before it. Some of the feelings all rise up. Well, with that, back in 1991, there was not a, in the US, a medical protocol to treat chronic lymphocyte leukemia. I haven't got a lot of help in research to try to find it. And me too, but wasn't found. So I did an alternative treatment through a doctor in Tijuana, Mexico, hour, hour and a half from us. And I did an inpatient stint. And that was a couple of weeks. In short, that was a great time of respite. I had no responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You ate there, you were fed there, you were put up there. And um, I mean, it was different. It wasn't home, but, and then outpatient. I did out, outpatient where I would visit down there maybe once a month, the clinic, and I'd take the supplements at home. Uh, related to the question you asked is, the other brothers of the body, I had no clue. They were seeing some things in Debbie and I, uh, good things, you know, and they knew some of the brothers and sisters knew about all or most of the trouble and saw what God had been doing. So one time I was down in Mexico for one of those weeks, and then I was I would come up for church on Sunday. We met in a house church, and I was asked to speak. And so I did the communion or Lord's Supper. Again, new for me, really new. Um, rewarding. And that probably soaked in for days. Like, wait a minute, I'm, you know, I'm serving, I'm giving, I was asked to. Um, so there's impact being made in ways that um, I didn't realize then. We would come to realize because Members, people would say it right to us about our faith. Um, it encouraged them. Yeah, they want they. The relationship, I guess, they're saying, "I want some of that." And some would say, "How do you, you know, how do you, how do you do it?" Yeah. So. Um, wow, that's um. That's that. That's gonna take a lot on someone, you know. You you've had uh, well, how many how many diseases were you? It was like three of them. Did you say that hit you? Like correct, correct. Yeah, and in um, and the other one, what was one of them? You said Hodgkin's. Is that right? Yeah, Hodgkin's lymphoma was in eighty seven, mm -hmm. eighty eighty nine. Yes. Can can you explain to people who are not familiar with that disease what that does to you? It's in the lymph system, and if it metastasizes, it's, uh, it goes into your vital organs. Mm. One reason they, um, not only to stage the disease, but to see if, like, it went into my um, spleen. 
Um, so it, without proper treatment, it would grow, and mm -hmm. I believe a person would die of that or some. So, or do, Glenn, do you have to constantly be treated for that still today? Um, no, and thank you. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, the so there's the side effects of the of the radiation. Sure. And then the chemo. They're both life saving. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. But, but yeah, that's what that does. So folks can be today. You'd imagine as medical science uh, and treatment marches forward. Today, I understand someone with Hodgkin's lymphoma has the treatment they, they need, radiation or chemo or both. Um, and on occasion, maybe a bone marrow tra transfer. Now, that's is that similar to cancer, Glenn? Is that, is, or is, it, exactly, is cancer. it is the cancer, okay. Yeah, it's a form okay. of cancer. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Still difficult, still challenging. I would respect anybody going through it. Today, it's just the treatment mm -hmm. so much more targeted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm saying I more cheer on those people that have. Did you see the, the advance I have in medicine today compared to what you had? Is that it? I, I know of it by reading. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, yet, it can happen. I haven't personally met someone that had Hodgkin's lymphoma recently and survived it. Now I need to back up. There is one person that we became friends. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and he went through, he's, he's alive. He, he went through treatments and um, he's thriving. So yeah, that's right. That's so. Wow. Um, when I think of him, I'm encouraged for him and his family and it yeah. encourages Debbie and I. Excuse me. So, um, do you um, have you uh, had an opportunity through this uh, storm in your life, so to speak, and and your wife's, your whole family? Have you have you found an opportunity to uh, witness to others and 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 share with others of what, what the Lord has done for you and? From when you, when this started to uh, the great outcome that you stand presently today. Um, thanks for asking that. I can touch on a few things, and then if you wanted, sure, to absolutely. Elaborate. Yeah. So from the beginning, when we had no idea, what, from after our soon after our baptism, and we're part of the fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. And we're sharing some or all the story with somebody we meet. We had no idea, really, what God was doing or how to yeah, do it. We became more aware as there was impact or, like early on, we'd been Christians maybe about a year, when the leaders called me, ministers, hey, you want to be a Bible talk leader? So that meant we were in a Bible talk, so I knew generally what that meant. Never had that experience. I think probably what happened is I, I thanked him. Let me talk with Debbie, and we prayed and talked. And I said yes to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did I say yes to? 
that started right another way or level if you will because now with folks gather in our group at the park or our house that's one of the things we share you were so dear to us we share not only the gospel but our lives as well so right it had an infancy and then move through to where well i write the book god right. works through me to write the book debbie to write i like to say the best chapter in the book called devoted so maybe I'm describing, it's more mature and nuanced mm -hmm. of the sharing. And yet it's as simple as, right, I'm at Starbucks and I ask the guy, how's it going? Looks like you're working, what's happening? You know, I used to work, I'm retired, yeah. I'd leave early with cancer, but God saved my life, whatever, however uh, it comes out. Uh, yeah, whatever the Lord, you know, leads you to say, right? You can just. Never know. Yeah. So let's talk about the book. Um, you, you have this book. Um, you, you felt the Lord uh, led you guys to, to write it. Can, can you explain to us in a little detail of uh, how, how you went about doing it? And where did you get, uh, I mean, what, did you just sit down and just pray and God told you what to, to write? Did you do your mm -hmm. research and that kind of thing? How did you guys go about doing it? Thanks for the question. We were living in Solana Beach. We had an empty nest. Okay. Uh, retired early. Um, leftover isn't the word. Oh, chronic illness so that situations and challenges left over many of them from previous cancer treatments. What I'm describing though is that I had several hours. My best waking hours were in the morning, then I had to nap. So I get up early, set up Debbie, make her coffee, whatnot, she'd leave. I had that time. So I returned to writing something I had started several years earlier. And I went on my note, notebook or laptop or our desktop, but I wondered, I wrote, a I wrote three chapters. I recall sort of an outline I had pursued years earlier and I stopped writing when I, real I did realize um, I needed to do more living and have more experiences. And so I, I stopped writing. Fast forward to um, well, many years later, oh, 2000, I'm not sure, seven or so. Um, I, found, I found that information on the computer. It helped me be inspired, inspired that I could. What God did with that is, although that was a seed, I didn't use, I drew upon that experience, but all that writing doesn't appear in the book. Mm -hmm. And you can see why. Much life has happened, faith has grown. So what I like to think of and what I thought <laughs> originally is that the writing and the exercise of writing and writing and being lost in the writing, whether at home or I'd put on my backpack, walk across the street to Panera, 
cafe right, or right. a mile and a half down to the coast was my favorite place to write. However, the notebook's kind of heavy. So on my backpack, my back would hurt if I go down and back. But the point is I'm out writing and I write until fatigue takes over that day. And I, I just see that I'm going to shut down. I pack up my bag, I walk home, have lunch, whatever. And then I sleep for a few hours. The actual writing, it came to me and I mentioned it to my therapist. And she didn't say, duh, but in, a, in an upbeat way when I said, it's like I'm processing or working through this cancer journey for the first time in a complete way. She goes, yeah. So I couldn't stop writing. It's now the mode I was in. Challenging as it was, some days it was half a page. Other times I had brain lock or cognitively challenged and fatigued. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't able to write and string sentences, but I did go back to edit. I went back and said, okay, what's a better word? But occasionally it would flow. It would flow to page and a half. So it took me several years. Um, God knows best. So that was yeah. his therapy. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that. And I guess when you went to your, your different remote locations, like you said, the coast is probably really beautiful and you probably felt closer to God. So it got you more focused what he, what exactly what he wanted you to do, I'm sure. Right. Uh, yes, uh, and I had the opportunity to to pray and walk and meditate and just enjoy the ocean. Yeah, I was outdoors. I wasn't in the condo by myself. Right. I could see and hang at the ocean. I had a favorite cafe that just had so much to me, so much life. A small little cafe on the Pacific Coast Highway. I didn't write about that, you know, but right. But I'm, I'm in this place and. It was a blessing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Panera wasn't as inspiring, but a great local location mm -hmm. where I could set up and write and have coffee and something to eat. Yeah, the way they have that set up, it's so nice to do that. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Uh, but but you're right on target. So about um, you know, God speaking, God encouraging. Um, being inspired, it could culminate with the book being published, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we had no, we had no money. We had money to pay our bills, but, you know, not to, I learned that I wouldn't anyway pay a publisher to. And that's expensive, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, there, I've learned now all the different avenues, self-publishing, there's like a hybrid Mm -hmm. You do some of the work, and it, but you pay somebody probably thousands. And then there's the, if a publisher's, in, a traditional publisher's interested, they cover all the costs. Mm -hmm. Well, I went through that adventure. I'll just condense it to, sure. I looked at all those avenues, and they were not to be. So Debbie and I self-published. I learned how to through uh, Amazon, KDP. Posted that up. It's kind of jazz. You first see your books for sale on Amazon. Um, that had to be exciting. 
It was very exciting. And then still had more to learn because nobody knows it's there. There's millions mm -hmm. of books on Amazon. Right. I would learn and grow about marketing, but just with the book. So kind of that project was posted. Um, well, before it was published, I had, I've been pursuing agents like through emails and letters and traditional publishers. Got some good feedback. Nobody wanted to publish it. So here we have this book published. And I don't know, let's say the next year, nine months or a year, I receive an email from a traditional publisher that says, oh, you know, you submitted this. You pitched this book back a year and a half ago. We want you to know that that person no longer works here, but they have their own, they're publishing on their own over here. Oh. So who do I, I know you got it. Who do I email mm -hmm. this uh, Sherry Williams of this other yeah, publication? She invites me to send the, uh, I guess you call it the transcript. By now I had a complete book. I could send, I don't know, maybe it was a PDF. Mm -hmm. And she loved it. She goes, we want to publish it. So that was, that was like a, wow, that was the next. There's God. Yeah. yeah. No, there's God. That was a no cost to us deal. So. Awesome. Wow. Um, so they create a new cover. That's fine. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, but I didn't, I didn't love it, but I didn't have to. Debbie liked it a lot. Other people did. It's not the cover that's on there now. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, they went through with my help. It's like a program on your computer, but you're talking to the editor. So the whole manuscript got re-edited. Wow, is that a job? Mm. Uh, but I was responsible. I needed to do my part. Then in the end, it's all polished and finished up by the publisher's editor. Comes to a time they let you know, okay, we got the cover. It's inside. I get to do a review online. Um, I okay it. And they post it on Amazon and in their bookstore. So again, wow. Great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a it's a journey. Yeah, wow. And we don't know what God's doing, but it, everything looks like moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I could touch lightly on then for several years I was learning about setting up a website, marketing, word of mouth. Debbie and I spoke at some events at a class given by a, a sister. She's like a mental health expert, but the books we sold after. But I pursued opportunities, bookstores, um, and we spoke, libraries, and we spoke on the book. I got to tell you, mostly being able to share our faith, our testimony, uh, be a chance to make new acquaintance, acquaintances, they trumped everything. Mm. I'm so glad that's where God put my heart because I had imagined before, hey, could make, could we make some good money and do some things, buy a house, you know. Right. Um, so to have the reward, right, of these people came and listened. These people would, some folks at a book signing would come up and talk to you, just exchange of ideas and thoughts, whether they bought the book or not. And then some would buy the book. 
and then learning how to do that, I'm that kind of guy, figure it out, guy, to where do you, how do you contact, who do you contact, where do you go speak, what part do you say, how do you follow up, yeah, basic, but I hadn't done that before. So that became very rewarding. Then, as time went by, I thought, you know, the contract we had with this traditional publisher, it was good for three years. And the way I always read it was the publisher was in charge. They could decide if they wanted it longer. And I read that part over and over and over because I thought, can I get out of the get out from under the contract. So Deb and I, again, have complete, complete control of the book, mm-hmm. yet now in its excellent form, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah. Well, I kind of waited. I admit, I had some fear, and I prayed. I talked to Debbie, and I realized, uh, I don't, unless I act, I won't know. So I started to message the uh, traditional publisher, and I, who I've never met. She's in Arkansas, but Mm-hmm. He said, yes, Glenn, we'll, uh, we'll end the contract. I'll send you a letter that shows we ended the contract. Again, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. So God blessed us with complete control. And now there's things I could do. Change you know, in the marketing, change the cover. I did do something. So was it late last year? What? What can we do with the book? So I decided to expand the book and make it our third edition. Hmm. So picture the picture the last book we had posted. Completely the same, except for some of the front matter page. You need to change dates. But I added at the end a Bible lesson on joy hmm. that I had written out of a personal need a few years earlier. So. Someone can turn if they want, I hope. It's a short Bible study on joy. And then, one page each, there's 30 or 31 days of uh, Scripture, like a devotional book. And so then we release that. And that's what's on Amazon now. Maybe I've kind of described the, the entire exercise and journey. Yeah. It began began out of a heartfelt need to process it, and then I would come to realize so much of sharing of faith and even involving others in creating the book that um, were encouraged. So that's awesome. Um, you, you talked about joy. How can you tell the folks out there who are suffering with uh, depression, anxiety? How do they get that joy back, Glenn? What What do you recommend? The first thing they do. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. I mean, it's 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 all with the Lord. But how no, would you encourage how How would you encourage someone right now who is going through situations like that in their life? Well, again. Uh, Insightful question. What I would say is I have practicals before I do, because I guess one or more folks are going to hear this. That's what you want to. So that I currently live with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the same time, I have faith in God. And at the same time, 
have a very healthy marriage, three adult kids and grandkids. Grandkids bring me a lot of joy. So I found, and it didn't happen overnight, that I must lean into it, if I can use that term, and do all that I can do, mm-hmm. get help where I need help, and then break down my days a moment, an hour at a time. So what does that look like? I have a therapist I talk to, uh, televisit on the computer once a month. I take an antidepressant. My other, my other prescribed medicines for my heart and things. I strive to get the sleep I need. I uh, not always motivated to do it, but I I will walk a block or sometimes a couple miles. And I now have this as a mantra that I. I know, I know I'm learning, I've learned the importance of finding joy in each day. I don't manufacture the joy. It's like, okay, it's it's here somewhere, or I trip over it. Mm-hmm. What, trip over it, meaning my son will call or email and say, oh, I had this meeting, can, he works from home, um, you know, can you watch the kids from like three to five? Mm-hmm. Man, if there's any way I can, it's Yes. I start to feel, I start to feel joy because I get to do that now. I'll be exhausted. You know, I'll need to sleep later. But um, yeah, grandkids are a real big blessing. That's for sure. You know, they keep you. They bring such joy. You know, or you know, with you know, with you, and um, yeah, keeps your mind occupied. I'm sure. I think uh, I know the other part is I. It's actually in the book. So there's well, the importance of finding joy in each day and the significance of living in the moment. Now, that doesn't come to me naturally. I don't know if it comes to anybody naturally. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I focused on living in the moment, when I'm well, we're overlooking the, uh, the seashore, I'm in the moment, but... <laughs> Am I in the moment? I mean, there's a oh, there's a moment, but am I in the moment? Mm-hmm. I'm already now these days, not perfectly, but more conscious of that. Of that, there's a moment here. There's nowhere else I have to be. There's actually nothing else I have to do. And whether I'm alone or with Debbie, and I feel this like I'm like I'm soaking it in. I'm sure that's God replenishing me, you know. So it may be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. I am thinking that there's some commonality with uh, some practical someone can do, caring for themselves. Oh, and I don't want to miss out. So I read the Bible Mm -hmm. and I pray each day. I listen to music. Uh, I write, but sometimes just short posts. I cook. I do a lot of cooking in Instapot. Nice. nice. Um, and isn't that interesting? A healthy distraction because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, the depression doesn't go away. I may still right. have an anxious feeling. Right. But, but I do notice that zone or in the moment can take over in a very great way. So 
and 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 Glenn, a, a lot of we remind people this too. A lot of that comes from the enemy. You know, where uh, oh, yeah. you know he he's the you know he he's the uh, father of lies. So. Yeah, and you know he'll tell you, you know, bring these depressing thoughts, anxiety thoughts in your mind, and it's just a day to day thing. And and I'm sure that um, it. it you go through a day to day where you just go to the Lord each day and get like a recharge. You know, I'm, uh, I, I personally, uh, uh, suffer from, uh, that situation as well. And that's what I find myself doing. I have to, uh, remind myself and go to the Lord, say, you know, Lord, I'm going through this again. I know that you're not, uh, the author of fear. The enemy is and anxiety. And that really helps me. You know, and again, like you said, <laughs> number one, get in that word. Yeah, it will really recharge you, don't you think? Well, thanks for sharing personally. Uh, completely. Um, I I was feeling some distress, which is not new, but I I thought of the the Psalms and. Mm-hmm. David and others, they cry for help. Mm-hmm. So I, I just found myself looking up, um, you know, how you can put a keyword search, yes. cry. Yes. Some didn't directly apply, but I, then there was a couple I picked out, and then I wrote them in my prayer journal. I didn't have much of a prayer, and I was feeling so down, but I, I realized I went from not feeling so hot to, Felt like crying out to God, but before I could get there and even pray, now I'm looking at Scripture, and then I did, I did have a prayer after that, and um, that's a recent example. The other example, I chuckle because I just try to use this term. Other times, I would feel that if I didn't like open my heart, open my head, and just pour in good things. Scripture, prayer, I mean, like not just a, a little bit. Um, where would I be? Like I like I really need it. I know that's okay, where to rely on God, but, mm-hmm. you know, earlier, earlier years I hadn't always felt where, <laughs> you know, it's the place to go, and it's survival, and it's, living water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we both agree that's key to someone who. Absolutely. Who's um, in that position. I, w- I would add in those like I was who aren't in the faith or yet, but they've got one or more relationships in Christ or they've started on their own. That happens too. I know that reading the Bible, keep, keep reading it, applying it, getting it, get help because it's not just for that moment right it's yes the word sustains us absolutely i i appreciate you reminding me of all these good things <laughs> oh you you know uh glenn what i also do when i wake up and i shared with you i work i work overnight so i wake up like in late in the afternoon but to me that's my morning so when i wake up, uh, I try to remind myself and, and the first thing I do is thank God for all the blessings. Thank him for, you know, what gratitude I have, what he's done, 
And if I focus on that, that also helps me with depression, anxiety as well. I don't know if you experience that, but um, I suggest yeah. people doing that as well. And, um, you know, and, and just, and if you're struggling, you know, you, you say to Lord, I'm struggling, you know, today's going to be a great day, you know, get me out of this, you know, and help, help me to, to fight this. Uh, yes. So again, thank you. Yes. Uh, the attitude of gratitude. So this morning I was walking this one. I do my best. I end up thanking God for my socks, my laces, my Absolutely. shoes, my pants, my belt, yeah. my, my ID. Yeah the phone, a key to the front door so I can get back. I have a big hat to cover my head. You know, then it will go from things maybe more significant. But um, Right, and living, and living in that spot, that, that's something I have to fight for each day, right? If you're yes. feeling lousy yeah. at the bottom and... I think okay. also, I think also, yeah. Glenn, um, too, uh, for people who don't experience this kind of thing, uh, they don't understand. And it's kind of like a hidden illness. Mm. It's very hidden. Uh, you don't see any, you know, external scars or anything. And it's hard for people to understand that. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to explain unless you experience it. Uh, and it's literally a one day out of a time, one day at a time with, with Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's just my personal experience. I know everyone's different, uh, but, that, but that's what I've found. With mental health or faith? Yeah. yeah mental health, mental yeah. health. You know, that's, yeah. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a. just as friends, maybe we'll talk about that another time. The, where now I freely say. I live with depression. Mm -hmm. uh, friends in the church. I don't, you know, I don't run up to the podium and say I live with depression. Oh, but no, I'm telling no, no, more. No. But I'm telling more friends. Although that's become part of our testimony we've shared in front of church. I well, only share this with myself unless I feel the Lord wants me to. And, you know, or it just comes out of a conversation or something like that. Yeah, I don't put a bumper sticker on or anything like that. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But yet, my example now is with a few key gentlemen. I can fully say, you know, I live with depression. I'm depressed. I have a couple of brothers who are compassionate. They have a level of compassion. Mm -hmm. But so far, and I know I have some responsibility in this. My comment hasn't led to, tell me about that. Let's talk about it. Are you safe? You know, I'm going to need mm -hmm. to, I'm going to need to educate them, but it's helped a bit to say, you know what? Um, right. And then even when you say the word, there's your experience. You're, they're thinking maybe, oh, it feels lousy tomorrow. They'll feel better anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about them, but I'm just saying the comfort has come in where I have said, you know, I'm depressed. And then, uh, I either share more or I don't. One brother, after we had a little meeting right after church, somebody said something. And I said something about my challenge. Experienced depression. 
And he, after that, he walked up to me and said, brother, so do I. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that, that's a good kind of me too. Like, Hey, oh, yes. you have like a support, someone that understands. Yeah. I can go relate, relate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, um, do you, uh, find yourself being more like you have a radar on, do you can sense others? If you see someone, you think they're struggling with that. Do you find yourself that sometimes I do, uh, and you, you can kind of see that somebody's going through something. Have you ever experienced that? I would say not as specific to depression. Yes. That someone looked down or downcast. Um, that would be something to be as perceptive as you because we could offer some help and relatability. Um, so, that, wow, that's good that you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, I didn't, you know, it could be like the Lord saying, you know, having you just since you, when you go through an experience, you know what it's like. I think you're more perceptive to see others like that you know it's almost like i'll give you an example let's see if, if you buy another car you buy a brand new car or whatever and for some reason you're driving down the road and you see that same car like you have because you're you know what yeah. i mean you, uh -huh. you kind of see that so that, that's the way i look at it um let's see i have that heart set in that i notice it can be rewarding too and i belong to facebook groups and one is of Hodgkin survivors, mm. some decades like me, and I haven't met them in person. Um, but all of us, in some way, have late, late effects from the radiation and or chemo. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm describing things will resonate with me. And then, oh, you know, is it, maybe it's like that for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though in the group, really, and I've tried to make some inroads, there's a lot of practicals, and here's what I did, and here's what the doctor did. And, you know, that's, that's their life, so to share that's important. Yeah. I, uh, you know, sometimes I just want to say, you know what, I just, I had this fear, I didn't feel joy, I'm concerned. Um, you know, have you ever been through depression? But mm -hmm. there'll be uh, other avenues. But actually, because I shared something, somebody read the book. There you go, the book. Not just somebody. I think mm -hmm. the, one of the founders of uh, Hodgkin's International, a nonprofit Facebook group uh, for those that experience Hodgkin's lymphoma. But she, she understood that some things about me because she goes, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I want, to, I want you to talk. I want you to have a story online. And, um, you know, um, it was more talk about mental health, feel, health feelings, how it impacts your, your head. And I just went, hey, please let me know. I mean, um, whether you want to or not, it's a place. It's a place where I live that doesn't 
it's a part of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is yeah. not. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Absolutely. And um, so I think God brings, uses us and there's rewards in that because there's already hurting people that want somebody to come, or they don't realize, want somebody to come up beside them. Mm -hmm. You know, the mm -hmm. power in learning that you're not alone. Yep. I mean, I think, all, I think, I think he brings people across your path. Yeah. You know, to help them or to help you. These are all things I learned that I'm learning. So. And, 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 and as far as your uh, cancer, you're, you're still doing well, right? You're still, you, you have to go in there every now and then and get things checked out. Or? No, it's a good question. So I'm in remission from both cancers. I have sort of, I'll use the word graduated, but shifted or shifted to where versus a, see an oncologist once or twice a year, I'm now where my quarterback is the general practitioner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'll get referrals through them. And so he's the first line of defense if my blood values are off or blood pressure. Um, so it's pretty well streamlined. I'm I'm happy about that. I would go to an oncologist if I needed to, but it's now been, oh, been a few years. Um, I did want to mention, if I could, that the late effects, mm -hmm. there's late effects of, there can be late effects of cancer treatment. And from what I had in the 80s, the less targeted, I'll call it more toxic or poisonous. It's caused, uh, it's diseased my heart, uh, tissue affected all parts of me where the radiation field was. Uh, it took, took many years. It took almost 20 years before they started to show up. So apparently the disease is happening over time. But it didn't have a heart murmur till maybe 20 years later that turned out to be a diseased heart valve, which turned out to be two diseased heart valves, mm. which turned out to be as recent as last year, last May. I had my second heart valve replaced. And so kind of how things have shifted. It's, it's a cause of a treatment that saved my life. And so I need particular attention by a cardiologist who's doing a great job. But there are things we didn't count on, Debbie and I, and they, mm -hmm. they're present. And, you know, so you, you deal with them medically and then employ, right, all the other things that um, Kilroy talked about. Yeah. I still have the fight or flight response. I'll still... I mean, it's a gift from God. But what I mean is I I sometimes go, wow, I'm just smacked with uh, diagnosed with a new condition or a worsening symptom. After a while, I quiet. I listen to music. If I can't pray right away, sometimes I can't. I pray. And then I just get really solution-oriented. Okay, what appointment? Do the labs, do all that. Well, I don't have to like that, you know, the heart 
that's heart disease or mm -hmm. so it's a long way of saying I do to the doctor and specialist I need to and I guess you call that management yeah yeah and 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 again and I'm sure it's a mindset thing too you know where you uh constantly you know like you said it's a battle and and you my friend have have gone have conquered many battles here and uh yeah what what a what a testimony that you that you have here i mean uh what the lord has done for you and your your family your wife and um that that to me is just a miracle and it's amazing and it's not surprising because it's god it's jesus and uh i'm very thankful for you and i'm very thankful that uh you were able to share this with us. Do you have any, uh, you mentioned you have like support groups online. Do you, do you yourself uh, have any like uh, local support groups in your community with, within your church or anything like that? Uh, okay. I'll speak to current. We, we had started one in the past. Um, frankly, I had researched that. Um, regarding to like cancer patients, cancer survivors. And with the schedules of when and where those are held against my schedule and my health and my energy level, um, there hadn't be a match or it wouldn't have been sustainable. Maybe I'd go to one meeting and realize, wow, there's a great benefit, but I'm, you know, I'm cooked. So things could change, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, I've had virtual, I, I started, a, I wrote, 2019, wrote, set up a Facebook group, Overcomers Ministry. Nice. And uh, many had joined, I mean, many, and I'll never meet them, but maybe a thousand or something in, mm. in the States and all over the world. And I used to post on that more. It still exists, one of the members, very sharp. She said, Glenn, why don't you have some co-administrators because, you know, you're doing it all. I was like Moses' father-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and I was getting a little burned out. So three other <clears> members <throat> pretty much are doing all the accepting membership, declining, doing, and I can still post and write. And so that's to say that it's virtual now. Um, I have my therapist, who's a brother, who's a brother in the church, and that's just awesome. Now, he hasn't had the cancer experience, but see, mm -hmm. he and I have been talking for years. He knows me mm -hmm. really well. Um, so that's, that, that is, uh, that's very encouraging that, you know, that you, that you, you started that in, uh, how before we close today, Glenn? Um, can you tell everyone information, and I'll put it in the, the notes of the show here for everyone to see as well. How can they get your book, and where can they find these virtual uh, support groups? Okay, um, the book "Overcome: A Story of Rescue, Intervention, Rescue, and Redemption, Our Cancer Survivorship Story." That's on Amazon, and 
I have a question. May I supply you or did I already supply you the link? Uh, I, I, you can verbally do that. And, uh, after the show, we'll talk and I'll, I'll put that link on, uh, on the notes, but yeah, go okay. ahead and share, go ahead and share that. Well, I like your idea of, of after because it's a bunch of, um, you know, numbers and letters and yeah, that's fine. We'll put it in the, show, we'll put it in the show notes. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a not a big deal at all so it's but, on uh, um, it's on amazon and it's both in uh, paperback print and in kindle so i guess they call it widely available oh yeah that's awesome the and i take it you're getting a good response from people getting your book very few sales mm -hmm. and i've come to understand it's the marketing. If people don't know it's there. Right, right. So right. Um, I don't get so. It's not the book. Right. It's, it's the, yeah. And so. Um, it's the see. message. It's your yeah, message. It's the message. And we'll see it's, what's we'll yeah. see what's possible yeah. with marketing. But yeah, I mean, okay. you know, look at it this way. If you reach one person, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, you know thank you Thanks absolutely okay well, my then, go ahead oh, go ahead on facebook a lot of people are on facebook oh for groups if someone chooses to go you know you select group yeah is the yeah. overcomers ministry okay semicolon physical and mental health challenges slash chronic illness awesome and um Good thing about that, that will, is not only does it exist, they could participate if they chose. Nice, nice. So they, that's a great way to support each other. And um, and I'm and open. I, to, go ahead. I was going to say, and also if you probably could help people find somewhere local too for them. Yeah, that support group. Sure, I would. Uh, you know, invest. Never know. That. You never may know. even start a new one because Deb and I led one in the mm -hmm. past in our home. Mm -hmm. Um, and then anybody can reach me anytime. Love to talk to them. Um, how do you do that? Do you put my email or phone number in the show notes? Uh, would you like it now? Uh, I can put all that in the show notes. I mean, I don't know if you want your phone number, but you know, I, I'd recommend probably, you know, your email. You okay. Know, we'll do the email. Then, yeah. And then, uh, you and I will get together after the show. You can give me all that information and, uh, we'll make sure this gets out. Um, this is a wonderful uh, time we had today, and I just want to thank you uh, so much for uh, joining us today and telling everyone um, uh, your your testimony and what an encouragement it is. Uh, I know a lot of people are struggling uh, with many battles in their life, whether it be cancer, uh, mental illness, uh, anything, uh, grieving of something, and it, it all leads to the to uh, a struggle in life. And uh, mm -hmm. you're a fine testimony, my friend, and I, I thank you. And I'm, I'm um, very, very uh, honored to have you on today and, um, and just keep up the good work. And I know God's going to continue to open up doors for you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the encouragement, the opportunity. And there's parts in the talk where I felt like we were a, a team relating and giving to the audience. So I, Absolutely. I appreciate you. Yeah. Absolutely, my friend. 
and, and anytime you can come back on, if you feel you need more stuff to share that you have or your ministry is changing, you just, you just never know. And uh, we would love to have you back on. Wow. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, sir. Bye-bye.